This is how we do it. Oh, oh, run. oh God! Run! Run! Dad, Nancy, it's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. The bunk beds were a terrible idea. Why did you let us do that? Hello and welcome to a very, very close victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast feeds at. You can also join us live at twitch.tv slash Sons. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Come join us at Discord, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. Shane, um... Wow, that was way, way, way too close for comfort. <laughs> yeah, it was blood week. Oh, Everybody's yes. dead. Everybody's dead and Notre Dame's still standing. I, I am really glad we survived. Um, yeah. The winning is hard t-shirt. Uh, it yeah. never will ever, I hope, have so much truth to it as it did this week. Seriously. Uh, but we did survive. There is a lot of stuff to go over. Before we do, now you may notice there's a few different things that look around the, the Twitch channel right now. There's going to be a thing in the chat that says cheer to now to be number one. If you're not familiar with Twitch, well, here's the deal. Thanks to your support, following the channel, watching us live, you know, doing our podcast thing, doing our sim thing. We are now a Twitch affiliate. Now, what that means is there's various ways that you can support HLS and the show as a whole. Uh, the first is if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can actually link your Twitch account to Amazon Prime because Amazon owns Twitch. When you do this in your account settings, you get one free subscription. So what that does is it lets you bypass ads on the channel. Uh, we can eventually unlock some new emojis. So we need to get uh, purple face Brian Kelly in here. But that happens with subs. So that costs you nothing. And it helps support the channel. The only catch is, is that it uh, has to happen once a month. You may even see a little reminder thing up on the stream live uh, to use that subscription. So we definitely encourage you to do that. If you actually want to take money out of your pocket and do that, hey, we will not complain either <laughs> for that. So please subscribe if you can. The other thing is the cheers. You can buy little virtual currency called bits because that is what video games do these days. It's all virtual currency. Some of these are actually really, really cheap. And if you buy them, what it does is an alert will pop up in here. It'll read um, just like you were doing any kind of tip jar thing. It'll read your um, basically cheer to us. So you can for a handful of cents, throw that our way and we get like pennies on every bit. So yeah. different, <clears throat> different things you can do. We'll get a bunch of reminders. Uh, I'll actually have a post on HLS uh, for how you can support us because some of it is free. Some of it's low cost donation or really not donation, low cost out of your wallet uh, mm -hmm. to help support us and, and interject your comments into the stream beyond chat. So with all that being said, that's that's our little ad for now. We're not even going to do the athletic promo because so, we got a lot to do. So you yeah. want to dive into this, Shane? Yeah, man, there's a lot of things to talk about. Lots of dead bodies to, to investigate. Yeah, and there's four dead bodies within the top 10. And I, I like what ESPN did at one point. They said four out of the top eight, just to, you know, to cut it off, just to make it even 
more dramatic. Like, stop, stop, stop curtailing your stats, man. It's like that's ESPN's thing. This is the first time in 48 years that this team has kicked a field goal of 48 yards or longer in this stadium. It's like no one cares. No that, one cares. That actually happened for Virginia. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get going. Uh, let, let's start examining the dead bodies here. Uh, the first one is number two, Georgia. Losing to number 13 LSU 36 to 16. This is here's your ESPN stat, Shane. The second year in a row they've lost by 20 or more points while ranked number two. No one cares. <laughs> it's so specific. Who Georgia cares? fans will care, at least the fact that they <laughs> lost this one. And LSU uh jumping back off uh from uh losing to Florida. Now mm-hmm. knocking off a top. Uh, this is like the third top 10 theme they've knocked off this season or something crazy like that. The oh, season's yeah. weird. And this may tell you that preseason, early season rankings maybe don't matter too much, especially when something like this happens. Yeah. And also never assume you can predict the coach. It just it doesn't happen. <laughs> this is very true. He has got the less miles LSU thing intact. He's got that weird shit going on. It's that Bayou magic. I mean, we, you and I, I think we're all over this one. Uh, LSU. Uh, basically just kind of proved that Georgia didn't really have much for their defense. I mean, uh, I mean, basically it was 16, nothing and a half. And then they kind of came back, but LSU, every time Georgia scored, LSU had an answer. So, I mean, it, it was evident to me, I think from the outset that LSU at home was, I think more prepared. Georgia, I think just had a lot more weaknesses. So, I mean, they got exposed. Now we don't have a number two, Georgia. We'll probably have like a number five, Georgia or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was kind of a beatdown start to finish. Well, and if you're Dan Wolken, and yes, little Texas in the background here, in case you're hey. hearing children, um, Dan Wolken actually has LSU as one of the top four teams in the nation, and he also oh, has Michigan he? as one of the top four teams in the oh, nation. Does he? both so, ahead so, of Notre okay. Dame? Gotcha. The, the eye gotcha. test, so couple, if you will. A couple teams in the teens, <laughs> absolutely, are now top five. Cool. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because you know, mind you, they they beat a Wisconsin team that um isn't really wisconsin and they beat a georgia team that i guess at this point lsu deserves their their boost because they're gonna get it but top four top four really come on bro. yeah i mean the, the loss of florida is gonna loom large i'm not gonna really worry about it right now uh just oh thank you dutch for the subscription there we go twitch prime see free cost nothing support hls appreciate that um and really what stood out to me uh even though i thought lsu would have a chance at this game what surprised me uh, more than anything, wasn't not just the LSU defense wasn't surprising. Mm-hmm. It's been by far their best unit all year. What surprised me was I felt Georgia's defense was a little suspect, but I didn't think it was this suspect. And it, it's really, I mean, it's not really a night and day thing from last year to this year. I was just surprised that they had this much of a little bit of a collapse. That yeah. that I mean. It's hard to call it a collapse. I mean, the whole Joe Burrow only 200 yards, but they also gave up like a 40-yard rush in there Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the next one here. And that is the Big 12 deciding that we're going to go all kinds of crazy. Yeah. So West Virginia, previously ranked number six, loses to Iowa State. And I tell you what, Ames is a death trap right now. They are the pit of the Big 12. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. So for those of you on the podcast, I'm laughing because uh, Little Tex still has his green Irish shirt on. So now he looks like a detached head. Because <laughs> of your green screen. Yes. <laughs> Chrome nice. keys are fun. Um, anyway, so AIM, going into AIM seems to be a death trap in the Big 12 right now. Iowa State 30, West Virginia 14. And really the story here, Will Greer gets sacked seven times in this game. 
So it wasn't just that he had a bad day. He needed an ice bath and a half after this one. Iowa State seemed to notice something that West Virginia's offensive line doesn't necessarily do a lot of good work. (laughs) Um, It was insane. I can't believe Greer got hit around as much as he did. Because Iowa State used that simple, that one element to essentially derail West Virginia's entire offensive structure and plan. Uh, and it was another one where I think West Virginia led early for like a second. And then Iowa State just basically said, like, welcome to my house. You don't live here and you get to live in the basement now. Yeah. And it's really West Virginia was it's weird to see whatever percentages ESPN's using now. And, um, you know, I'm going off of this because I was trying to catch up with as much as possible being at uh, my niece's birthday yesterday um, because. All of a sudden now Texas has the best percentage chance in the Big 12 of making the playoffs. It's not huge, but they have the best right now because they beat OU and they could be a potential one loss team. And West Virginia, it's funny. It's like, well, West Virginia dropped one to an unranked conference team and then they completely forget about, hey, Texas kind of dropped one to Maryland. That was really bad. And it's not on the sheet here, but they damn near had a scare against Baylor at home. Yeah. Baylor yeah. was down to the last play to try to tie the game up. Ellinger actually had to go out of the game, but Boucherel came in. Man, it's just at the the Big Twelve is absolutely wide open. As is, remember your preview. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Pac twelve just say F it, and yeah, now I got to yeah. censor myself. Yeah. You can say whatever yeah. you want. You're in my headphones. Um, <laughs> number seven, Washington falls thirty to twenty seven to number seventeen, Oregon in overtime. Washington had a chance to win this with the game-winning field goal, and they college kickered it. They fucking missed. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I had both. I had this pick in both directions: Washington to cover by three, as well as Oregon to cover by. Three. Uh, and then Oregon just said, "I'm just going to take all half of those out of the equation." Um, yeah, I, I, this was it. This was basically it, right? It does the Pac-12 decide to pack it up early, and I'm pretty sure we can all say with with pretty good confidence that. Aside from Oregon getting like a New Year's a New Year's Six kind of uh, you know like a New Year's Six I guess call out or you know perhaps consideration depending on how the Pac-12 championship yeah. goes. You're, you're playing for the Rose Bowl right now in the Pac-12. Yeah. Is, is about it. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Pac-12 said peace, but you know it's it, we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I tell you what, Oregon really showed it was a redemption game for them. It helped that they yeah. were at home. Browning really yeah. didn't have a super f it up type game. That mm-hmm. I would have expected, uh, but you know, special teams came to bite them in the butt. And you know, Eddie was saying, "Look, Oregon's got a good offense, but they haven't faced a good of a secondary as Washington." Correct analysis. So, really, Oregon showed a lot. They show they can hang with just about any defense right now, yep. and and really shows that that Stanford game. I mean, they should have absolutely run <laughs> run away with it. Yeah, I mean, this basically <laughs> shows that that Oregon playing at home against the top 10 Pac-12 opponent is going to be a disaster. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there's um, there's the, the, the version of the fight song here from Lil Tex. What? So, all right. But before okay. we go on to Penn State, Michigan State, do you have, like, something to say, bud? Yes, you have a goofy Zoom Zoom on my microphone right now. And you're trying to sing the Notre Dame fight song. All right. Not, not a bad iteration. No. Gotta, okay. Gotta... Is it? Can I get back to talking football, bud? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So number eight, Penn State falls at home to Michigan State. Now, of all the results, this yep. was the most shocking, in my opinion, because you had two matchups that were top 25 on top 25 violence. 
Right. And then you had, um, you know, Iowa State in Ames has been, you know, right now we have some historical precedent for it. It's right. happened before. Not only that, West Virginia was un- really unproven for the most part. Michigan State looked like complete butt last yeah. week against Northwestern. They haven't looked good most of the season. Penn State's looked pretty good. They should have beat Ohio State. They kind of completely blew it. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, 21 to 17. I tell you what, D'Antonio going for the jugular at the end of the game. Didn't really? want to settle for overtime. Didn't want to just settle for that field goal. Said, no, yep. we're going to throw it to the end zone. Man, they, they brought the fight direct to Penn State. Win 21 yep. to 17 in this one. Yeah, it was weird. I, I, this is another one that I didn't, that didn't get to watch, but you could just kind of tell. Uh, a, a, when this game opened at 13 and a half, you were like, ah, I don't know about that. This this. Well, I, I pick, I'm pretty sure I picked Sparty in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was just something about this matchup. Oh, that no, sorry. Like, I meant I picked Penn State. Sorry. That's okay. True. There was something about this matchup that didn't feel quite Penn State pit. It felt more like, I don't know, someone's asleep, you know, and someone's about to catch, get caught sleeping. Um, so I, I, I had Michigan State to cover here, but man, I did not expect Michigan State to straight up win. And this was at Happy Valley. Is this correct? It was. Yeah. Penn State was the home team. They lost at home. Rough. I mean, at this point now, Penn State. Well, first of all, um, I, I jokingly Twitter uh, tweeted, "Did James Franklin try to fight anybody this time?" <laughs> uh, but I mean, at this point, two really close losses. One to a powerhouse team that you could actually justify as a quality law, and now one to a a garbage loss. Like this is a garbage loss. Yeah, this is it's a really really hard. bad loss. There's no two ways about it. Um, Penn State's now in a, a little bit of a free fall. Uh, and and Woj in the chat, I think hit hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Michigan State dragged Penn State into a rock fight, and exactly. that's really what it was. Michigan State made Penn State play ugly. Penn State could never recover. Trace McSorley, you know the defense, Fred, which has been Michigan State's calling card, came to play. McSorley couldn't do his usual magic, and there you go, you have an upset. Yeah. Well, let's. There were bodies around outside the top ten too. Let's start close to your neighborhood here. Let's start with <laughs> Miami losing to Virginia. Yes, not Virginia yeah. Tech, Virginia. And we were yeah. talking about the the ESPN stats. They made like their first 40 plus yard field goal in, in you know, I don't know, since World War II or whatever it was. But Miami was number 16. They lose 16 to 13 in this one. Didn't yeah, see a see, second my, of this. I'm just shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm guessing I guess I, I would expect to walk around the neighborhood and, and see some really somber feelings and some depressed people. But I mean, this isn't we're used to getting fucked by the Cavaliers down here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> hey, so, you know, I just, I, oh, I just, wait, I'm just it's you because you just got burned. That's awesome. <laughs> really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird. It was weird. Miami, uh, well, Nikosi Perry had been their, like, their guy, you know, like now that he'd been starting the past couple of games. But, man, they were, um, I don't know if confused. Like, it, it felt, you know, the, the same way, like, Book handled the first half against Pitt. Like, you could tell Nikosi Perry had no clue what Virginia was doing on defense. It was it, super weird. It, but, it, like, and didn't Rozier get back in this game, too? He had to. He had to because he was, <laughs> Perry was terrible. Yeah, but very rough one. Uh, and there were a lot of turnovers in this one too, but Miami just couldn't capitalize. And that's really the story for this one. Yeah. Well, here's oh, one well. here's one I did get to watch before um Notre Dame okay. started, and that was Tennessee and Auburn. And the final score in this one was thirty and twenty-four. 
it felt like so much worse if you're an Auburn fan. It was worse. This game was god awful. Oh, Woj with the the stat here in the chat for Miami: six passes yeah. for Perry, two interceptions. Yikes! Yeah, gross. that's bad. Well, this game was gross too. Stidham did not. He couldn't. I don't know why Auburn can't figure out an offense. It, yeah, it just can't. defies logic at this point. They 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 legitimately cannot physically run the ball, which is just weird to watch a team in the SEC not be able to get past its own offensive line. It's which, very weird. which is what Auburn has has been known to do is to have a great rushing attack, and they just had nothing, a big old bag of nothing in this one. At Tennessee on the road, gross win. So I mean, this this couldn't get worse, man. That hot seat is on fire right now Plain. on the plains. Pure flame. <laughs> it was bad. There was nothing good for this. This was on the entire top twenty-five. Even more yeah. shocking than Penn State because Tennessee is so bad. Now They're Pruitt good. may turn them around, but Auburn's supposed to be so much better than this. And they were not in. And that Washington Auburn game right now that we're like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be the the tone setter for both of these teams. We're like. Eh, look what college yeah. football does to you. It's kind of like you look back at the game and it's like, man, that game kind of sucked, huh? Yeah, it's like well, that may be in the two not mediocre teams, but two decent teams that are yeah. just outside of the top of college football. Well, Milfi noted in the chat that Southern Cal was coming back to life, and they kind of did. Uh, mm-hmm. They do take out Colorado, and the Vegas knew the line stunk. I walked right into the trap. It's Amen. a trap. And Colorado, it wasn't that they looked terrible. It's that they the matchup was really, really piss poor for them because yeah. SC's offense is chuck and pray and the Colorado secondary could not handle it at all. No. And then not only that, Colorado's offensive line could not handle the pass rush. So Colorado not able to really I actually watched a ton of this game. Colorado not able to get the ball out to their playmaker enough. And I mean playmaker by one uh Schumit, I think's the name, if I remember off the top of my head. LaVisca Chanel. Chanel, that's who it is. Knew it started with an S, but yeah, they were trying to get him the ball on screens. The one touchdown they had in the first half was off of a wildcat formation. He runs 40 plus yards, but there was just nothing they could do in this one. And you know, SC coming a little bit of alive, but Watching that game, I, I have a feeling because it, SC could not run the ball at all. This was nope. just a bad matchup for Colorado, and their luck ran out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to call SC, like, they're coming back to life. Like, I think of USC as, like, a cursed mummy that's just absorbing a, a steady <laughs> amount of soul that eventually will come out and just be, like, really slowly rise out of its sarcophagus. That's kind of how it feels. Like, I understand that Southern Cal is coming back. It's coming around because this is what happens with freshman quarterback teams. Like they have to come around to each other's yeah, chemistry. Game, game starts to slow down a little bit. You get more used yeah. to what's going on. But I didn't expect Colorado to get caught, man. I really didn't. Um, you know, Steve Mont- Stevie Montez and, and LaVisca Chanel had been doing enough on offense. But really, it's, it's like you said, it wasn't that Colorado couldn't produce on offense. It's just that every time Southern Cal had the ball, they kind of were just finding that one spot in the Colorado secondary and, and they could never really adjust. So I don't know what to make of it, but I'm, you know, at this point I, I still feel like Notre Dame matches well against the Southern Cal team. Um, I feel weird about Colorado's rest of their season though. Like it's almost like they got exposed. So now we'll have to see, they're going to be a little shaky from here. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how Colorado rebounds if they do in this one. And you know what? I mean, quite honestly, Southern Cal, the fact that they were at the end of the season was always a scariest matchup. And right. especially if, Things progress as they look like they're progressing. They can play mm-hmm. super spoiler. 
Well, this was the the big game, I guess, if you're on the, the ESPN side. And you know what? Wisconsin looks like a team that got beat by BYU. <laughs> this one. Kind of. Yeah. Michigan wins yeah. this one 38 to 13. It was just never close. I tried to watch a, a little bit of the end of it once I got home. And then as soon as I did, I saw a pick six and I'm like, nope. Okay. All right. This yeah. one's over. This one's done. It was it was close after the first trading of seven to seven. That was it. Like Michigan scored, then Wisconsin scored, and that was the end. And there was like, no scoring never, in the first quarter at all. <laughs> yeah, it never happened again. I mean, basically, Wisconsin got their one touchdown and then, yeah, basically just turned the ball over, I think, three different times, gave Michigan just too many chances. One was a pick six. One was a very short field. I mean, I thought, because, I mean, Wisconsin, when the... the they don't lose by more than seven at home or, or even on, on, on the road. They just don't lose by more than seven in general. So I thought Wisconsin at least had the chance to cover, but man, yeah. yeah I don't even I, want to yeah. give credit to whomever, whoever, whoever won this game. Yeah, I didn't, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't put space bucks on either team for the spread here, but I was confident in the under, especially after there was a scoreless first quarter. Well, Whoops. so much for that. <laughs> that didn't quite work out. All right. Yeah. Well, we told you. This had cartoon stink lines all over it. We are 2-0 and when we give you these warnings on this mm-hmm. show. Number mm-hmm. 10, UCF survives Memphis in a pseudo shootout. I don't really have like a... I should have like a, a blaster shooting and then kind of fizzling out a little bit. Because it was <laughs> it was close to one, but 31-30, your final UCF survives at Memphis. Memphis scored 30 points in the first half and zero in the second half. What a weird-ass <laughs> game. Memphis was up. I mean, Memphis was up at halftime 30 to 17. It was at one point 30 to 7. I mean, UCF <laughs> was ex- was pretty much just they weren't they couldn't keep pace. And this this was what their point the, the big point about UCF was is that they, if you get a team that can at least keep pace on offense with this team, UCF could get exposed. Now, I didn't expect necessarily UCF to go down as much and have to play catch up, but they clearly went into halftime and said, "Okay, D coordinator, you want to keep your job <laughs> because <laughs> because right now it's between you and our shot at the playoff. So, you know, let's figure this out. So they came out in the second half and they, you know, they scored 20, I believe 21 on answer to, to win by one. But man, it was, it was real touch and go. It was a lot of defensive stops. I'm just glad UCF won. I had a, I had a pick on, I, I saw this line and said, fuck the cover. I'll take the money line and try my chances. So I was happy with that pick. But God damn, I mean, I was sweating it. <laughs> yeah, I, I took I took the money line on, on there for Memphis. That backfired. However, I did put a triple play down on Memphis <laughs> to cover. So that yep. evened it out. All right. Well, folks, it's time. We've yes. gotten towards the end. And in Blood Week, Notre Dame survives. Yes. Pitt. I mean, yes. it wasn't quite as bad as 2012's version, but yes. they sure gave a nice attempt at this one. 19 to 14, your final. And we should have known that this was going to be weird when in the first drive that the Notre Dame defense is out there, they they hold them. It wasn't a three now. I think it was a five and out or something like that. And yeah. then Nico Furtada jumps off sides. <laughs> Nico Furtada and Fertita. Fertita. Furtada, Fertita. No, I, I haven't had enough caffeine things. yet. Um, he jumps off sides, gives Pitt new life, and then Pitt goes and scores a touchdown. That would be their only touchdown until the second half where Mm -hmm. they return one to the house to start the second half. That was it. This, excuse me. This game was ugly. It was awful. Notre Dame still wins, survives the absolute bloodbath in the top 10. And 
by default, unless really weird voting shit happens, we'll probably be in the top four. You ha- I, they have to be. They have to be at this point. Um, yeah, so this game was on drugs. Um, <laughs> it, it, it started off with, you know, you, 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 you first you see the, the Nico Fertitta, and, and at that moment, I was still kind of like feeling it. I was like, okay, you're like, all right. So our special teams fucked some shit up. Okay, but we're, you know, it's Pitt gets their little TD. They, it took them a lot of work. The defense was kind of there, but they weren't awake yet. I expected, I expected more. And then, yeah, then it didn't happen for a long time. <laughs> and then Ian booked through his second interception. And I start to think, well, shit, this is not going to go well. And then at <laughs> halftime, you look at the score and you're thinking, what the fuck is going on? How are they up 14 to 12? What's going on? And then, of course, or not, they, weren't even, they weren't even up at that point yet. But then, they, then the opening kickoff in the second half takes place. And that's when you start to think, okay. So if anyone's going to lose this game, it's the special teams, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and now I'm expecting to see at least one, every 15 minutes a shot of Brian Polian somewhere on the sideline, right? And, and then as if it wasn't weird enough, as if this game wasn't on enough drugs and on enough yeah. booze, for whatever reason, Narduzzi takes his third string quarterback, puts yep. an unnamed 96 jersey on him, and sits him back for a fake punt where Notre Dame, and by the way, Pitt, if I remember right, did they still have a timeout at this point? Did they have one left? They still had a timeout. That's what I thought. They had one timeout left. So Notre Dame has their defense on the field. Yeah. I mean, it it was called punt safe, but Tariko hit it on the head. The defense was still on the field. Starting 11 was still there. Like, there's there's no way in hell Notre Dame was buying. And if they punted it, it's like, whatever. We, it we was got this so game. fucking obvious. It was so obvious. Because you that's your only chance to win the game. Yeah, they roll him out there with a nameless 96 jersey. Like, come on, dude. The, We've seen this in Michigan. <laughs> the, the best part about it was Tariko and, and Flutie trying to, you know, be Sherlock Holmes in the booth, trying to investigate who the hell it was. Yeah. And basically, they got a shot to where they could see the name through the jersey, and then they finally figured out who it was. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a weird, a weird tactic. I mean... It, it, even if you didn't notice the quarterback swap thing, like it was just that that time of the game. You know what I mean? Like it was just that moment close to the end of the third quarter, whether that was post just after or just before. Like that's when you're in that 40 to 40 range that you're going to do some fake shit and try your luck, especially when you got nothing to lose. And it's the top five team that you're playing at home at, at, on the road like. It was just so obvious. It made no sense. Right. Yeah, it was Jeff Jeff George Jr. And, and I tell you what, he had to be proud of his son to be used as the ultimate decoy in that. So God. because the game wasn't weird enough, after yeah. that, all Notre Dame has to do is get a first down. So, so yeah. Pitt had two timeouts. Now I remember Pitt had two timeouts when this happened. So Notre Dame trying to run out the clock, and it looks like Book has it on third down. And oh, he sees man. somebody coming for his bean, so he does the natural reaction and slides, not being aware of how close he is to the marker or forgetting that as soon as you start your slide, that's where the ball's yeah. marked. Doesn't matter if you slide five yards, it's where you start. And yeah. now all of a sudden it's fourth and short. So Notre Dame, <laughs> during the timeout, calls the exact same play that they have run twice already. They yep. ran it in a in a previous fourth down situation and got it, the little play action boot. Yes. And then they ran it for their two-point conversion. It was there. It was slightly overthrown to Boykin. Right. So they tried to do it again, and I watched this play again this morning. 
if book had done the dumb the dumb 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 thing that you should never do and kind of just throw it off his back foot across his body across the side of the field he had two mm-hmm. people wide open there wide was open not a pit defender around there I, i'm glad he didn't do it but he could have but yeah. third time was a charm for Pitt finally stopping the play Pitt gets the ball back and Khalid Kareem immediately sacks him with one arm and like with basically a couple fingers arm. he got him yeah yeah he basically like he 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 plucked him and then the dude just tripped <laughs> yeah and and Milfie is is nailing the getting the nail on the head here I'm about to go to the box score so avert your eyes or maybe switch yeah. this to audio only so we can talk a little bit about this Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame definitely looked like the better team, just wasn't able to figure it out. And the biggest nope. thing was they, they could not run the ball worth a damn. Nope. And it, it, it looked bad. Book had happy feet. I think he was trying to throw too much because Pitt has a bad secondary. So mm-hmm. I, I, again, I get what they were trying to do. It just was not working out. And the biggest part here. Oh, I actually had the total plays wrong. I was like, Notre Dame ran less than 57 plays. So I'll have to go check the box score again on this one. But uh, the biggest thing was, you know, 2.1 yards per carry is pretty awful. The offensive line, this is the first game where it really looked like they had some problems and were really missing uh, Alex Bars. They were they were doing a lot of mixing and matching with Aaron Banks and Trevor Ruland. Um, and I think that that had the offensive line just like not not cohesive, man. It was it was weird. Like you could just kind of see the rotation being a little bit more constant than in previous games. Um Ian Book, Ian Book looked like Brandon Wimbush. He looked he like just, he did in the blue gold game. He really yeah. did. He, he was counting one, two, scramble, one, two, scramble. It looked like Sim, Sim Wimbush, basically. <laughs> um, it, it was, it, it's clearly not his game, but they clearly wanted to run him in the first half. And I wonder if they thought that it would be an additional wrinkle that could really drive Pitt crazy because they hadn't really exploited it yet, you know? Right. But the. But the problem is it was negated by the fact that Book was was confused as fuck but what by whatever Pitt was doing on defense. Yeah, like and it was had no read. It was really a, a lot of blitzes is really what it was. They were running a lot of and and that's exactly what you should do when you have some replacements on the offensive line is is run some blitzes, get a little bit exotic, give them strange looks. Don't give and you know, Narduzzi comes from the D'Antonio coaching tree. So I mean, that's to be yeah. expected there. So yeah. and that's more or less what happened in this one is that there was a lot of different looks book wasn't able to handle it as well as he probably could have. And that just leads to a frustrating game and, you know, poor reads, like I said, happy feet, wanting to scramble sim Wimbush. I love that because that's exactly what happened. Every time Wimbush was in the sim, it's like, Oh, oh, I can run. I can run. Let's just go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, they were, weren't really overloading the box in there too much you know that's what milf said quote unquote seven in the box i mean yeah they they just ran vanilla and they just were bringing blitzes running twists running slants and it's like let's try to confuse the line and they did and uh i I finally got go ahead go ahead ahead. Uh, yeah i finally got the total plays fix so notre dame ran 70 Pitt ran 60 and this is one where the time of possession got a lot better when notre dame was killing the clock but it was super obvious the game plan that Pitt came for they won the time of possession battle and it was actually important in this one over 33 minutes for them because their plan was possess the ball Mm -hmm. as long as possible they were snapping with under 10 on the play clock every single time they were trying to keep the ball out of Notre Dame's hands. And that's why I wanted to, you know, note how many plays Notre Dame ran. Cause they only ran 70 in this game where they're in the upper seventies or nearly eighties. Yeah. Especially against yeah. a team like Pitt. So Pitt was doing exactly what they needed to do. 
and just bleeding clock, bleeding clock. They know Notre Dame runs the defense that if you get to pin their ears back, like at the end of the game, like if Pitt ever trailed in this game, they would have been hosed and this game plan wouldn't have worked because as soon as they had to pass it, it was over. It was absolutely over. But pretty much, yeah. You got to tip your hat for, for a good game plan. You have to give it to them because they clearly saw something that they thought was at least going to work so long as they were able to execute consistently. The problem is that then, you know, they, they had to be able to execute themselves, you know, but they, they couldn't get through Notre Dame's defense, which, I mean, I'm sorry, they took over again. They took the game over again when the game was on the line and we fucked up the, 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 the slide and we couldn't get the third down conversion. The defense just took over. Khalid Kareem got the sack. Romeo Aquara ran down for a tackle for loss. Uh, and I believe there was a pass breakup all in that that same final possession. So it's like they, the defense basically just said enough. Like we're not we're not going to fuck with this anymore. Uh, and that's considering the fact that you know Notre Dame was had turned had two turnovers and was trailing at the half. All things that should point to a, a potential loss. Um, so I mean the defense the defense is really what's what's bailing this team out at this point because uh, even when the offense has shitty days like today or like this game was. It, it, it never really felt out of hand, and that's all, all because of the defense. Absolutely, and we've mentioned that before. When you have a good defense, you're, you're allowed to take more risk on the yeah. offense. And as much as I wish they hadn't gone to the well one so many times in the fourth down call, it was going for the jugular. You know, Notre Dame could have punted the ball. They absolutely could have punted it, tried to pin them down. But instead, it's like, we're going to win. And not only that, they know we're probably going to run, so let's go ahead and it's worked twice. Let's see if it'll work three times. And it even looked like afterwards, Kelly was kind of disappointed in what book read there. It's like, just throw it. What does it matter if they intercept it? Just at least try, try to get it past the marker. And and one funny thing was like, books like adjusting his pants and everything. At one point, Kelly like, no, look at me. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Kelly just gives him a slight, excuse me. It wasn't the Jimbo Fisher face mask. grab. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm being fatherly here. Look at me when I'm talking to you and I'm disappointed in you, son. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, it was nice. I, I remember seeing that being like, man. See, Jimbo should learn a thing. I could learn a thing or two from a purple guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kelly was fired up. Uh, you could hear him, like you could, you could tell. You could hear him screaming. You couldn't hear what he was saying, but you knew he was like, "You know, we're winning the game. We're going for it now." Like, yeah, you know, fucking do it. Let's just go. Bullshit. <laughs> he was screaming all the all the cliche stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm glad Notre Dame didn't, especially considering the pro team that I watch. I'm glad they didn't play not to lose. They played to mm. win which I will always tip my hand to. And again, when you have a good defense like that, it's it's awesome to see. And really, to give the offense credit, when it was it was time to to finally get a lead, and it was the first lead happened late in the fourth quarter, the offense looked great. They threw a, yeah. they threw a shot to Claypool. It was on target. Claypool, you know, had it wasn't major pass interference, but it was definitely interference because as he's going up for the ball, he's getting his arm yanked down and he still yeah. damn near caught the thing. And then Dexter Williams hadn't really gotten loose all game. Gets a great, it was an absolutely beautiful slide step juke because he saw the unblocked defender. Oh, he bounced to the outside. Waited, it, but the, the patience on that play yeah. to wait for him to get sucked in and then bounce it to the outside is why he got that first down there. And then book one of the whole thing and just nailed. And Boykin was interfered with too, and it wasn't called because the mm-hmm. jersey was yanked to try to stop him, but it didn't matter. It was an absolute perfect pass. Oh, and man, that passed. Incredible. Boykin. Yeah, because if, if that jersey wasn't tugged, then Boykin gets to turn around and backpedal into the end zone after he catches Basically. it. So yeah. th- they came up strong when they needed to. 
They did enough to to win the game. And, you know, this team looked like a team that was tired and maybe hadn't slept a lot because of midterms because it just it was ugly. It was flat. It was ugly. It was everything I thought it wouldn't be. Everything I probably should have known it would be considering it's Notre Dame Pitt. But, hey, it's the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, we didn't exactly get the reverse sim that we had, but we got a, a messy shit show. Just just the same. And uh, it's good to see that even the sim knows, oh, it's Pitt? Oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, the, the margin of victory was eerily similar. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're back to the most accurate prediction tool in all of college football right now, that NCAA yeah, right. sim. Uh, and, I'm, and we're 7-0, and oh, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's really... Usually we have to dig for examples and that little section of the rakes report when it comes out, the winning is hard section is basically going to be half his newsletter because so many teams falling on their face and in the top 10, no less, even, even though Alabama coasted, they had their own scare because Tua, you know, tweaked his knee. So now that's a major storyline. We didn't even talk about Alabama, Missouri, but that happened too. Now, uh, they, they're going to have Jalen Hurts worst case scenario, which is not a bad thing. But yeah, all they have is a thirty-three and two star backup. You know, that's, shucks. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a rough week for for basically everybody involved in, in college football today. It was one of it, one of those weird weeks. Always happens. Yep. I really hope we have another one next week while Notre Dame's off because oh, dude, it'd be so great. <laughs> This oh show will God. be so much fun on Sunday to do if yeah. everything just blows up completely right before we actually get into the playoff rankings. Oh, man, it'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. And I mean, gosh, there's I don't want to talk about this game all too much because I mean, really, to, to be honest, as far as stuff to break down, Pip really shortened the game. So if anything, yeah. you could say, hey, this is good practice for Navy, who also wants to run our possession short. Yeah, yeah, and also has a horrendous defense and really can't execute. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think at this point you have to you have to count your blessings that they cleared the hurdles that they that, that were presented. You know, like the fact that we survived Ball State now seems like a fucking miracle, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the fact that we we got away from Pitt is you, you have to count your blessings, and the fact that we were able to walk away, like like run away from 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 teams that were going to play close and that were expected to be close games. Like now, we can look at the back half of the schedule and think, okay, we can side eye USC all day, and we can kind of look at that Syracuse game as I smell the weird from already here, like all the way from the past. I, that line <laughs> is going to be like Irish favored by four, and I'm going to freak the hell I'm out. Gonna, I'm going to lose my shit. It'll be like two and a half or some weird shit. Like, okay, you know what? <laughs> See, I will um, be in Vegas at that time, so I'm yeah, I'm all kinds of freaked out about that already. Boy, no, but I'm just saying, like now you can kind of look back and say, like, okay, you can you can actually enjoy the bye week. You can actually take it off as an Irish fan if you really wanted to, just actually you know give yourself a moment to breathe and give your liver a chance to recover, and then you can actually go to the second half of the schedule and feel pretty good that there isn't any major like, oh shit, what could happen in that game game left. Yeah. And and what this also does, the offensive line clearly needs some work. So you got a couple weeks and 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 really, if you you really want to say you you got three weeks because Navy is going to be a whole different ballgame. It's going to be a lot of weird ass cut crap all over the place. So the the online really gets another kind of week off before they face another traditional team. You're going to get a lot of people healthy. 
You know, uh, getting Jones Jr. back is going to be big because it's very clear that we need him at full strength because it's, it's got to be him and Dex. And hopefully Jafar yeah. Armstrong's back, too, because yeah. I don't want Avery Davis in the backfield again on a um, to pass yeah. block. As yeah. I thought Dexter Williams was bad. At least he saw the blockers and, and or the blitzers and at least tried to throw a block. He was just bad at it. Davis completely yeah. missed it, which understandable for a quarterback that is now Correct. trying to play a yeah, running a back. Quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you notice that uh, as soon as that happened, Davis did not see the light game again. Nope. The game. Like, oh, was that your block? Hey, can you just come up with you for a second? Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to have you in two back formations and in the slot uh, because that was bad. Uh, so getting Jafar back will be good. Jones Jr. Having his ankle fully back will be good. Getting the offensive line a little bit more time to rest and gel. Maybe Tranquil can start playing football with two hands now. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, this comes at a very good time. You're through over half your schedule. Five yep. games remaining. Get healthy. Get some rest. Go into Navy. Try to beat the crap out of them. And then, yeah, get into the weirdness of your schedule and, and just try to walk away with victories and see what you can do. Pretty much, yeah. Take the W's, avoid the L's, and keep moving forward. And, and that's the name of the game, especially when you have a week of college football like this. Like It was unbelievably frustrating. It looked yep. like an early kick for the Irish. They, they came out slow. They came out sluggish. It was everything we feared. Mm. And really, this game, if you told me before the game that Notre Dame would turn the ball over twice, Pitt would not turn it over at all, Pitt gets a special teams touchdown, and we have a special teams fuck up that then leads to a touchdown. I would say we lost without a shadow yes. of a doubt. Yeah, and easy. and I got to give Book all kinds of credit because in the post game interviews, he said that there was no reason to freak out yeah. about things like this because stuff like this happens. I love that kind of confidence, even though this was the first game where I legitimately was like, oh, shit, here it comes. Oh, shit. The other shoe's about to drop, and it's going to happen against Pitt. You know, yeah. I, I should have listened. Uh, you know, I should have known better. But no, everybody has the right mindset. We can panic. That's fine. We're fans. We're allowed to panic. You don't want them to have the same mindset. So to know that book's like, whatever. And Mustafer yeah. then came out and said, winning is hard. <laughs> <laughs> he said it he out did. loud. He said it out loud. So yeah, I, I tell you what, the Rakes report is going to make some bank this season off the, yeah. the winning is hard. And yeah, this t-shirt absolutely it's awesome. came in. It's, it's awesome. It is so true. Winning is hard. Enjoy the victory. Yeah. And, and man, I think that should be about it. I don't know if we should talk more about no, this. I'm no, ready for a bye week. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, we got to take what we got. Let's take the rest. Let's take the break. You know, winning is hard. Let's all just bask in the fact that we did it. And at this point, we can just go into the break and actually enjoy it. Absolutely. So uh, programming note for the bye week. Uh, Wednesday, we are going to have off. We're not going to do the pick show. It's going to be combined in some way, shape or form on Thursday. Somehow, some way, we're going to figure it out. Because one of the things that we can also do as a Twitch affiliate is we can actually schedule premieres and reruns, which this show, um, I'm going to schedule a rerun probably in that little dead period right before Sunday Night Football. So uh, I will have that up on Twitter. Also gives me a little bit more time to edit the show and everything. So uh, we can do reruns. We can also do pre-recorded premieres and then hop into the chat uh, just as if it was live. So uh, this affiliate stuff is going to help us with the scheduling too. So I will let y'all know that one way or the other, we will be on the air Thursday yep. around 9.30 p.m. Central. Uh, 
yeah, 9.30 p.m. Central, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. We will do a replay Friday as well uh, mm-hmm. in a, at a normal-ish hour so you can uh, consume it again. We're going to try to get into a, a replay habit now that I have it. It was part of the reason we wanted to do Twitch. Yeah. And then they took the ability away from everybody that wasn't an affiliate or Twitch partner. So I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so yeah. thank you all so much for uh, liking this experiment. Because oh, yeah, uh, spread the word. Yeah, spread the word. I actually saw another podcast uh, is going to do some Twitch stuff. Uh, I need to go poke around there because I would love for Notre Dame podcast as Twitch is a great medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually saw Amazon uh, has a, a prime channel on here and they were showing Thursday night football. And I yeah. know the NBA's development leagues on here, the G League. So it's more than just video games. It's more than esports. So it's really cool to see that trend continue and really to have uh, worlds collide. Uh, but yeah, we will have reruns. We will have a show on Thursday. But folks, as Bilfy said in there, it's cheeseburger week time, y'all. Right. Enjoy it. Root for chaos. We have Michigan. We have Sparty. So. You know, I, I'm looking for. We're going to do a movie intro again, Shane. So get it oh, ready. We're gonna, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. I feel like we can do this every week moving forward. Yeah, we're, we're going to have one. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us live on this wonderful morning. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and wherever you happen to subscribe to your podcast at. You can join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, slash Discord. Keep the conversation going. You can always find us at our home at herloyalsons.com. And folks, enjoy the bye week. Take a deep breath. Go Irish. Eat some cheeseburgers. Watch the chaos unfold. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for joining us.